views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732-748-1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for joining me for Here's the Thing. I am Lauren Cardinal, your host. Changing your life starts with changing your mind. And we are really going to be getting into that tonight. So thank you for listening live now on Oldies 107.9 WOLD, now serving even more of Central Jersey at 95.1 FM, and recordings of the show being played on 97.5 FM in Sussex County on Saturday mornings. This show, Here's the Thing, is about you and for you. Each week, I and we discuss relevant and timely topics so you have more tools to help you just live a better, more fulfilling life. I am a certified life coach and clinical hypnotherapist, and we talk about what's important to you. If you have something to ask or to share, please do. And in the meantime, thank you for listening live, and thank you to my podcast listeners. Now, our emotions have a vast range, but the not-so-good ones can really be the buggers, right? That's because the good emotions feel good. No need to really take action there. We just enjoy them and kind of ride with them. It's the not-so-good emotions that keep us out of alignment, and that doesn't feel good. That's when we want to take action to make changes, to get ourselves back into alignment. And sometimes the despair or the grief that we're feeling seems like it will never end, or the anger or the resentment. I often ask people, and I've even asked on the show, I think, I ask people on a scale of 1 to 10, Where are you on that scale? And I've heard some of my clients saying, if I could just even get to a neutral place, I'm in the negative. Just to get back to zero would be great. Well, the discussion tonight is about looking at a slightly different, more expanded scale than the 1 to 10. And then we'll be using it in a way to create movement, to create that upward movement regarding our thoughts and emotions. It's not all about negative emotions. It's just that those emotions are the ones that tend to make us want to change. So tonight we're going to talk about the scale of emotions and how to consistently and consciously work our way up from wherever we are. So first off, tonight's show is brought to you by Full Recovery Wellness Center. Full Recovery is located in Fairfield, New Jersey. And whether you're trying to get clean and sober, whether you're a 12-step old-timer or a family member of a recovering alcoholic or addict, the Full Recovery Wellness Center offers the tools needed to succeed in recovery and in life. They have a dedicated and caring staff that understands that addiction is a complex illness. It has biological, genetic, psychological, social, and developmental roots. 
and their treatment program targets this entire range of factors. And their goal is simple, provide the tools that help people in recovery to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery offers outpatient and intensive outpatient treatment programs as well as offering a free family dynamic workshop series. They focus on the individual and the family to integrate recovery principles and spiritual concepts with leadership, relationship, and career skills to guide individuals to a life of contribution and prosperity. For more information, you can reach them at 973-244-0022. That's 973-244-0022. Or find them online at www.full-recovery.com. That's full-recovery.com. I can let you know, I've mentioned it the past two weeks, but I'm mentioning it again. I can let you know that now I can offer HIPAA-compliant video hypnosis sessions, something new for me. In the past, I wasn't able to do that. If you'd like to work with me doing hypnosis sessions, but the distance is prohibitive, just reach out to me through my website or Facebook or give me a call at 973-418-2170, and we can set up a video session. If you'd like to receive my newsletter, it goes out every week on Thursdays. It's called Here's the Thing on Thursdays. And it's always short and to the point. It might be highlights of the radio show, a thought or quote, or links to some information. You can go to my website's contact page and just click on the newsletter icon and you're in. Or you can send me an email at, to lauren at laurencardinal.com and I'll add you to the newsletters list. Now in last week's show, we discussed how we use excuses to prevent us from moving forward in the way that we'd like to. I talked about a number of common phrases we might use that are indicators that an excuse is at the forefront and how we can go about using the power of thought to begin moving past the excuse and create what it is that we want. And just to summarize, I talked about surefire ways to harness the power of the thought. And that is through focus, what you focus on you create more of, so sometimes we get attached to the way things are, and that expands. So it's a matter of changing your focus and keeping in mind that it's impossible to focus on one thing and see another. So if you are inclined to want to see something else, it is a matter of changing the focus. The other part is emotion. To make a change in the direction you want, attach emotion to it. You've got to feel it. Get extremely attached to your why and feel it. And then imagination. It's through our imagination, not our current version of the truth, that we're able to play with infinite possibilities that are available to us. So take responsibility for the fact that you've created everything in your life by your thoughts, your beliefs, your focus, action, and energy, and that you have the power to change your mindset, which changes your frequency and allows you to create the new things that will serve you better. So to learn what was discussed on the show, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find that podcast as well as all of my previous shows' podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com or through iTunes. And Cardinal has an E on the end, like the bird with an E. And in addition to welcoming listeners on 107.9 and 95.1, I would like to again welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK. 97.5 broadcasting pre-recorded shows from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. And as always, you can listen to the live show on WOLD Radio at WOLDRadio.com. You can listen through the TuneIn Radio app on your Android phone or on the free Apple device app. 
for your Apple device. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and tonight we're talking about moving on up, the scale of emotions, that is. I'm going to talk for a bit tonight, and then just after the break, I'll open up the, the phone lines. If you have like something that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. The number to call in is 732-748-1079. So let's get on with the show. In the introduction, I spoke of the scale of emotions. The scale that I'm referring to is from Abraham Hicks. And additionally, some of the messages and the information that I'm bringing you to the show tonight are also from Abraham Hicks. If you want to see the scale, I mean, I, I will be describing it over the air, but if you want to see it, actually look at the scale that I'm describing. I posted it on my Facebook page, and you can have a look. My Facebook page is facebook.com backslash Lauren Hypnotherapy. So everything that I go over in that scale is there, and it's in color. And let's get started with that scale. Let's just jump right in. Now, with the scale, I will tell you that it is a, and it's an extensive scale. There are 22 different emotions that are listed, actually more than that, because some of them are put together in one page and one line. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up. And sure, it's, it's, I'm reading off the scale, big deal. But I want you to notice, as I read it off, with each step up, I want you to notice how the energy does shift. It's like an energy in the words. When we, I did the show on positive communication, I talked about high energy words and low energy words. And if I, even if I say something like the words forget and remember, forget is low energy, right? Remember, even if you didn't do it, is much higher energy. So which do you think is better, to have forgotten something or if you didn't remember something? It's a small change. But notice the energy. And similarly, as I go through this listing of emotions, notice what you're feeling. Notice your energy. Take note of how you feel it in your body as I go through them. Because you might notice that you feel different emotions in different parts of your body. It happens. That's why I always ask, where are you feeling it in your body? So starting at the bottom. Fear, grief, despair, powerlessness. Next up is insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, then jealousy, then hatred and rage, then anger and revenge, then discouragement, then blame, then worry, doubt, disappointment, then contentment. Then frustration, irritate, I'm sorry, that's not contentment. But frustration, irritation, and impatience comes next. Pessimism, boredom, then we go to contentment. Then hopefulness. Then positive expectation, belief, and optimism. Then enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness. Then passion. 
And at the top is joy, appreciation, empowered, freedom, and love. So it's a pretty complete scale. And as I went through them, I imagine, because as humans we can relate to all of these emotions, as we've probably felt all of them at different points in our lives, but you could relate to it. But could you feel the change, the changes in your mind and your body as I went through each of those towards the top of the scale? It's just lighter. It's a lighter feeling. And there's something else that's important to know here. And what that is, is that there can be upward spirals of emotions as well as downward spirals. And since most of us have felt just about every emotion that there is over the course of our lives, I expect that you already know exactly what I mean. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and tonight we're talking about moving up the ladder of emotions, moving up the scale of emotions, no matter where you're starting on that scale. If you have something you want to share, you can call in 732-748-1079. I'll be taking calls just after the break. So the upward spiral. What I want to do tonight, obviously I'm, talk, I'm talking about the scale. I've introduced the scale. I'm going to talk about the upward spiral. I am going to talk about the downward spiral. And then I'm going to talk about the action that we can take, the process. So the steps are there for moving up that ladder. So right now I'm going to go into what happens with the upward spiral. So generally speaking, in that listing, the upward spiral kind of begins at contentment. Right below contentment is boredom, and that's kind of neutral, but certainly more, a little bit more on the downward side. So contentment, that's where the upward spiral starts. And this is when you're grounded, things are fixed, you're not open necessarily to changing your beliefs because you've developed a filter that's strong and it's a positive experience. And it's positive maybe or simply because you don't have any awareness that there could be a better way. And that's fine. You're content. You're not looking for more necessarily. The hopefulness is next. And there's a hope deep within at this stage. There's a hope that there's something better out there and that maybe one day you'll find it. This is the crack in the door for opening your mind, which that crack is essential to acquiring positive knowledge. You may still hold on to old beliefs until we'll call it the pain from the old way causes you to move or change your beliefs. Because remember that the only time that we make changes is when there is that pain. And that pain that we're experiencing is, can't be worse than the fear of change. So hopefulness. Then comes optimism. And this is your representation is still grounded in the old way, but you're holding an open mind for something new. You haven't grasped the framework of the new idea yet, but you're keeping yourself open to new ways of seeing things. It's not just necessarily the hope part of it. It's really being open. Next is the positive expectation belief. And this is where we begin to allow new beliefs or ideas into our reality. 
The next is enthusiasm. And this is your representation is reaching completion. You're starting to see the focus for what it truly is. And you develop an unbiased perspective. This is the start of true positive knowledge. And then comes passion. The joy of creating the positivity. And all of that positive knowledge. It just has you in an ecstatic state. Not necessarily 24-7. But generally speaking, as a, the fullness of you, it's a positive state. And at the top is joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation. This is what creates that bliss state. And the only way to create positive knowledge is to be open to new perspectives and be willing to expand your view of what is versus what you want to see, which will always expand and create more positive knowledge. And I'll say it again. It's about choosing love instead of fear. Those things that excite us, those things that move us toward love rather than simply away from fear. Didn't they understand that difference? So the downward spiral looks something like this. And it's about when we're making choices based on our fears rather than towards love. It may be fear avoidance. Now, I am going to go through all of the things in the downward spiral of the scale. I'll go through them as briefly as I can. But I think it's important to, to go over them and to acknowledge these feelings and discuss them, particularly if any of them resonate with you. And I say that because if they resonate with you, then you're able to determine your starting point on that scale. And that's important. That is the first step to determine where you are, what resonates with you, what you're feeling. So I am going to include some more descriptions for the downward spiral items. And rest assured that after I go through them, we will move on to what we can begin to do to actively make changes and start moving up that scale. So, okay, let's go. So the downward spiral. Perhaps it starts with boredom. There's something within you that recognizes this. Boredom is reflecting a choice to stay fixed and unchanging, to stop progression, which is counter to your nature of constant growth and expansion. In this state, you're not acquiring knowledge, and so you feel bored, unmotivated, and lacking. Boredom is the defeat of the self and acceptance of what doesn't serve you. And then we move on to pessimism. Pessimism is a reflection of a belief system being challenged by a new perspective. If you choose fear, you begin to rationalize poor choices or make excuses for your belief system. And excuses was last week's show. If you want to take a listen to that, you can find that on my website. Excuses, excuses. But you make excuses for your belief system. You rationalize it, trying to 
give reasons of why you need to stay with those beliefs, why you need to stay fixed. And fixed in a, a stage that's not serving you well. The next is frustration, irritation, and impatience. And this emotional state will cause the fight or flight response about moving away from the pain or deal with it. Now, going into the descriptions of the next, the following states of mind, the, the emotions, your mind begins to become closed and you create more negative knowledge instead of dispelling it or being able to dispel it. And so if these resonate with you, take particular note. Any, anything in this, this area of the, the negative thinking, there are ways for you to, to get yourself out of it. Also keep in mind the duration. If you're feeling this way, how long you've been feeling this way. And if you may need some assistance, counseling or some other modality to assist you in making these shifts. So the next one is overwhelmed. And this is when the choices for how you see things are really causing you trauma. And when in a trauma state, you're really only capable of moving away from the trauma. That rationalization and even expansion is just extremely difficult. The next is disappointment. And in disappointment, you feel disempowered. And you see this as a major blow to your desires and your goals. Instead of causing you to move away from the pain, it actually draws you in deeper. For some reason, at this point with disappointment, feeling depressed is something that you now view as somewhat good because at least you can feel something. You find yourself spending mental energy dwelling on this thing more and more. And then we go into doubt, and worry, and blame. And this is where the negative knowledge you're building is becoming complete, creating major effects in other areas. You're literally beginning to develop more buttons that can be pushed to cause you to feel this way. And you may be approaching PTSD levels of negative knowledge, causing reactions that don't have a direct correlation. And chances are pretty good that if you've, if you know somebody in this stage, you're recognizing it when I say these words because it's that, almost that reaction. If they're looking for buttons that can be pushed and the reactions don't seem to correspond with what's being discussed, it just doesn't seem to match up, then this stage, doubt, worry, and blame can be an effect. And in this stage, you doubt yourself more and more. You worry about things that you used to do with confidence. And you may even 
be blaming anyone and anything you can so that you don't have to accept it yourself. Now, yes, this sounds like it's falling into that category of excuses that we discussed last week. But this is, there definitely is the correlation. And it's up for you to decide where that change takes place and whether this is really that stage of the negative emotion or whether you're really just making an excuse out of fear. There is a line of delineation here. And the blame reaction is a way of dealing with the trauma, running away, and always something you've created, but you're assigning to outside of yourself. Blame can only be fixed by taking responsibility back for that thing you're trying to skirt off on someone else or a different situation, putting it outside of yourself. And if you know somebody that seems to create those buttons that can be pushed, it's obvious. And that is a state that is in the negative area. So just be aware. It may not just be somebody being defiant. It may not be somebody that's just... Um, having an oppositional defiance disorder if they're if they're a younger a younger person the next moving down that scale that downward spiral is discouragement it's a negative ego state and at this stage it's beginning to be the foundation and that feeling of disempowerment is primarily there and if we think about that word disempowerment the energy in that word disempowerment it's not where we want to be for sure and it is a negative ego state next down the list is anger revenge and I'll even put it with hatred and rage those are two separate line items on the scale but we'll just put them all together and in this stage it starts to feel good to lash out and take your frustration out on others. And it doesn't necessarily have to be anything physical. It can just be words. It can just be volume. There's literally something that's created by being in this rage state, almost like a high, which people begin to use to their advantage. And they actually start to create a, a reality that gives more options so they can vent it's almost as if their bodies and minds are trying to create a positive outflow because keeping this emotion in is just too much. Instead of moving away from focuses that cause these states, individuals in this state may actually be seeking them out. And deep down, it's about soothing the source, the source of the pain, but it's by lashing out. And the sense of self is being protected by this. But soon the negative ego turns to lashing, the lashing out turning inward. And next down the scale is jealousy, insecurity, guilt, and unworthiness. And this is when the negative ego has lost its sense of self-preservation and it's now causing serious problems of self-destruction. 
seeing others in a happy mood may cause this person to feel guilty, frustrated, angry, or worthless. And this individual may misinterpret what people say and do as a personal attack. And it's important to pay attention because this individual may begin to turn away from life and find themselves creating more experiences of escape and distraction like drugs, long hours of watching movies or video games, reading books, anything to escape. They're just trying to run from their self-created problems instead of facing them. And let's be honest, it's a difficult thing to do to face those problems. And all the way on the bottom of that scale is fear, grief, depression, powerlessness, and being a victim. And in this stage, the negativity is all-consuming. It's all distracting. And this individual is in a constant fight-or-flight state of mind, never feeling emotionally stable. So as I promised, I would get through those things as quickly as possible so that we can work on the steps for moving up that ladder and I do see that we are at the point of taking a break. So we will begin the movement up those scales just after we take this quick break. We'll be back in just a minute or two. there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey. The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offered Offering its exclusive badge of honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center, located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hi, and thanks for, we're back with the show. And I told you before the, before the break, we got into some of the heavier content about being down towards the bottom of that, that scale of emotions. And I do want to take calls, uh, I, but I definitely want to jump in with starting to take action, what we can do so that it's not leave, leaving in that negative state. So how do we begin to move up the scale if we feel stuck in any one of those places, unless it's other than all the way at the top, sheer bliss, right? So wherever you are on that scale, it is your dominant thought to feel just a little bit better. It's, it's that way for all of us. If you make a decision that you want to have the best feeling thought that you have access to 
And that's the key. It's not the best feeling, feeling thought that has ever been thought by anybody. It's not the best feeling thought that you've ever thought. It's the best feeling thought that you have access to in that moment. Let's say something happened and you feel strong grief or despair. You're at that really low level or a suffocating feeling and you're just really down. And someone comes up to you and says, boy, you're really down in the dumps. You just need to get over it. And the thought is, well, maybe I would just like rather take you out or something because they're in this happy place but that doesn't mean that you can automatically jump there it's not a matter of being able to automatically get over it those kinds of leaps don't happen often <laughs> I'm actually going back in my mind here because I remember and I'm getting a kick out of this I'm slightly tangential moment here remembering when my, my dad used to say you know it's He'd say, are you in a bad mood? And I'd say, well, yeah. And he'd say, well, get out of it. <laughs> just like that. And sometimes it was easy enough to do. Sometimes we could just start laughing just by him merely saying that, and it would change the mood. But that just popped into my mind. Just because somebody is in a happy place doesn't mean that you can automatically jump there, too. Those kinds of leaps just don't happen often. Instead, reach for the best feeling thought that you have access to. Think about what that sadness or that depression might feel like or has felt like. And then think about a thought of anger, let's say. You see, and I'm using this because I feel like it's, it's a jump, but it's staying in the, that negative spiral but moving up. So just stay with me for this. If you're in this place of having thoughts of depression or feelings of depression and in this place of sad or depressed feelings, you don't really, if ever, have access to thoughts of joy from that place. You can change the subject and go there sometimes. But if there's something that's been happening in your experience, it's much easier for you to bridge your emotions gradually rather than making a big jump all at once. And so if you reach for thoughts of anger, which is another step up on the scale, it's still not where you want to be, but you do feel relief from those sad or depressed feelings. And the people around you may not like it very much because you're easier possibly to deal with when you're depressed than, with your, than when you're angry. If you're depressed, you likely just stay out of the way. If you're angry, you get right in their face, right? But they don't know that it was an improvement for you. And here's an important point about moving up to anger. It is really only beneficial if you've done it deliberately. If you deliberately reach for the thoughts of anger and you can say to yourself, I chose this thought of anger and it feels better than my feelings of despair and no one knows my improvement. The idea is that you can use this knowledge to your advantage and always reach for a slightly better feeling emotion no matter where you are on the scale at any time. And one by one you can climb your way up the emotional ladder in small manageable steps. That is what starts to help you gain that power. And that feeling of powerlessness begins to subside just a little bit. And as it subsides a little, 
you're in a different place. And now you have access to better feeling thoughts that just a little bit ago you didn't have access to, right? And from anger, you can move to frustration. And from frustration, you can move to overwhelmment and then to pessimism and then to hopefulness, then optimism and then to believing and knowing. But it's a gradual process. And it's not a matter of calculating it as months or weeks or even days. It, it's just that it can't all happen at once. And sometimes some people are in that state of despair where it's all consuming and they're just not ready to make those jumps. It's got to be incremental. And it may just be finding resources in that state of despair, that um, unworthiness, that low place. It may just be about finding those resources where you feel safe, finding safety wherever that is so that you can start to rely on your own resources again. And I say this in thinking particularly of PTSD and not PTSD necessarily from war times. It's from traumatic experiences, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, any of those PTSD experiences. Sometimes it's just a matter of feeling safety first. And that is what can prime you for starting to make the step up the ladder. So uh, I see that we have Kim on hold here. Kim, are you there? Hi, Lauren. Yes. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kim. So great what's on your mind? Well, this is a, 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 this is a great topic. You, you never cease to amaze me with these topics. They are uh, mind-blowing. They make you think about things within your heart, within your mind. And um, even though uh, everything I've been listening to as an adult, I, I reflected back on some of the things that happened to me as an adult, but the, the one thing I, I went to right before I called, it just hit me. Um, this is going back a ways. Um, mm -hmm. I was, I guess, maybe 13, and um, I had a great family life. Home life was the cocoon. It was safe. It was great. I had a mom I could always talk to, um, but I used to get... Um, beat up every day after school. Uh, there was this one person in particular mm -hmm. who just didn't like me. And at 13, you know, the hormones are here, everything, you know, you're still in school, you're trying to make friends, you're trying to be accepted. And um, it, it was very, very hard for me. And I got picked on mercilessly. I had a little bit of a weight problem and stuff like that. So I, um, I had a lot of doubt, despair, depression about mm -hmm. myself and because of what was going on. And I would talk to my mother about it, and she understood, and, she, you know, she, as any good mom would do, gives you the comforting words. She would give me tools to, you know, try to get past it, and it seemed to just get worse and worse and worse. And I was terribly, terribly down on myself to the point that at one point I thought, well, if this is what the rest of my life is going to be, my outside life, you know, with the outside world, I don't mm -hmm. want to live anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah. you were and way I, down there. I was, I was way down, way down. Mm -hmm. I just, as you said, at the very bottom. And mm -hmm. um, I thought about it. I, of course, I never said this to my mom. And at that point, I, my mom and my dad both took different jobs in New Jersey. 
So, and we were living in Westchester County, and like I said, my home life was fantastic. And it, I'll never forget on the ride over to look at the house that we were going to move into, it suddenly hit me, and I don't know where this came from, it suddenly hit me that once we moved here to New Jersey, mm-hmm. I will no longer not stand up for myself. I will learn to speak up for what I feel is right, not just go along with a whole bunch of people because they said so. I will Mm -hmm. learn to stand up for myself when I was being picked on so much and being told that I would, you know, never be successful. I wasn't as pretty as my sisters and, um, you know, they only hang out with me because they feel bad, you know, about me because I wasn't as attractive as all these people were. And um, that nearly destroyed me. But when I got here, when we moved here, it it just came, I don't know, it was a lightning bolt. One day I just said, wait a second, before they enroll me in school in the fall, I have the opportunity to change my attitude about Mm -hmm. myself. And I had the opportunity to start standing up for myself and and not running from fights anymore. That if somebody says they're going to fight me, then you know what? I'm going to fight back, even though I'm a very gentle person. You know, I usually wouldn't do that. But I started You're protecting yourself. Exactly. And I started becoming more aware of the fact that, okay, well, those people didn't think I was worth anything. These people over here don't even know me. So it is now the time to change and to be a little more outgoing and uh, personable and but but protect myself and because of that I had no trouble at the critical 13 14 15 16 year old age when I got here because nobody knew me so I had Mm -hmm. the wherewithal to change at and I think the change came a little easier for me because now I was taken away that's right there was some relief Yes. It's, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like that the opportunity for the move just yes. offered some relief. Yes. And that is the key part of this. It's looking for those opportunities just to re- feel some relief. Because in the relief, it releases the resistance. And so in thinking of you in that situation, you were in that... The, at that low end of the scale and moving up is anger and when we think about anger it's well think about this part of it the being at the bottom of the scale is really powerlessness you feel powerless yes and by feeling anger even that's though it's not the greatest feeling that we want to be feeling all the time don't you feel like you get some of your power back because you're, it's like you're drawing that line in the sand like you were describing that I'm going to start standing up for myself. And anger will do that. It's, it's not necessarily the joy, knowledge, appreciation, bliss that we want to feel, but it's taking some power back. Yes, Would you agree is. with that? Yes, and isn't it so funny how that anger... You always, when people think of anger, they think of the negative aspect of it, which is actually, I'd say, 99% true. Yeah. But there's that one little percent that anger can actually help you see the light. Well, and it's where it is on the scale. If you're moving 
down the, down the scale, then anger certainly isn't where you want to be. But if you're below anger, then anger is definitely an opportunity to start moving up that scale. Yeah, so it can that, definitely I, be beneficial because you can get some of your power back. And it's so funny. At 13, I, I wouldn't know that. I just, just something just clicked one day. I just simply wouldn't know that. And, yes, when I did get here and did start school, yes, I did have a couple of little run-ins with people who, you know, came at me with words and things like that. And it felt so good to turn right around and stand up and say, you know, I don't like what you said about me. Do you have a problem with me? And if you do, stay away from me. Simple as that. And nobody ever bothered me. (laughs) Nobody ever bothered me. But it's such a hard thing to go through. And even as I became an adult, you still run into some little things like that. Sometimes they're on a bigger scale. Um, It may be work-related, the work environment with um, colleagues or you know, whatever, and sure. just because knowing that, how to that situation it. has stayed with you, and yes. it's obvious that it that it stayed with you because of the emotional response that came up in you when you were talking about it. Yeah, and it's so funny, the Lord. Even back then, even when my parents actually sat down with the parents of the girl that used to beat me up all the time, um, she apparently her parents got so mad at her. I guess what they call an old. Uh, Dr. Phil might call it an old-fashioned spanking or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that she got beat a lot sure. as we got as I got older, and I went back itself, to right? visit. Yeah, I found out that her parents used to beat her a lot. So therein was her issue, and I guess the only way to take it out was to take it out on me, somebody who sure. she knew would not defend herself and would not, you know, and. Not that this necessarily hits the emotional nerve to make everything better, but when I see a situation, when I hear about a situation like this happening, and I just mentioned it to a friend of my son's the other day, it's to appeal at the conscious level to say, you know that that had nothing to do with you, right? Yeah, exactly. Because if you weren't there, it would have been somebody else. That totally was about that individual who needed to take that action. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the yeah. funny thing is that almost the same scenario happened again when I got here with a, a group of friends that said the same thing to me about, well, we're only inviting you to the party because we feel sorry. And, and I hung around with them for a while thinking that they were really good friends and maybe they were right. And now, now I'm here now and I'm just supposed to be stronger and better. But I slipped just for a little bit right back in that mindset that, okay, they are right, I, I am worthless. And it was mm. like myself smacked me. And she yeah. said, wake up, don't yep. go back, don't get back on that bus again, you know better. And then I distanced myself from them as well. That's good, that's good. And life, you know, Kim, there's definitely, for that, that experience that, you've, that you had, obviously this is, this is slightly off topic, um, but for that experience you had and the power that it has for you there's definitely something that hypnotherapy can do to neutralize that event so that it really just becomes information just information so that you don't feel like you're it lights you up that you're not plugged in when the the topic comes up and even being able to talk about it just like information Yes, it was an experience that you had, but it was just information. So keep that in mind, and we can talk. We can talk offline, but because of the 
uh, the level of that experience. I wanted to mention that because I know you're not the only one. We've all dealt with experiences like that throughout our lives. And, isn't and it when funny, they stay with us going, to that level, yeah, and while we're we going do. through it, we think we are the only ones too. <laughs> yeah, true. And the belief stays with us, like you were you were battling consciously with that belief, but reverting back to that experience. So there's a way to start changing those beliefs so that you have more power, more control, and that that, that kind of um, lighting you up doesn't even happen. Okay. Okay. So this is keep a great that in mind. Topic. And I want to keep going on how we can move up that scale. So I really appreciate you calling in. I think it was a great call, great information. And uh, maybe we'll talk again next week, yes? Okay, yes, and I'll go back to listening. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for the call, Kim. Thank you, dear. Okay, good night. So, again, if you're reaching for thoughts of anger, it's, not, it's still not where you want to be, but you do feel relief from those sad or depressed feelings. And... That helps you start to gain that power. And the feeling of powerlessness just begins to subside a little bit. Because what happens is that you're the only one who knows of your improvement, right? It doesn't happen all at once. But each incremental step that you take, you know of your improvement. It's easy to understand the difference in the destination. And I'll give you an example in terms of this scale. If you were to start in New Jersey, where we are, where I am, and head west towards California, you know that if you headed in the direction with steps to follow, that you'd eventually get to that destination. It's not a matter of not getting so upset that you allow yourself to get disoriented and start heading back to New Jersey because you're not where you want to be yet. Oh, we're in Pennsylvania. We're not in California. Let's just go back to New Jersey. It's not about that. And if you have the destination and the route, it works the same way with everything. The journey is quantifiable, and it's easy to understand the journey. And that's what this scale and reaching for the, the thought that you have access to, that's the best thought that you have access to in that moment. It's reasonable to expect that you'll get there. The same thing is true of everything you want, no matter what you want. It doesn't matter. The distance from where you are to where you want to be is quantifiable once you understand that you're facing the right direction. When you understand that this thought does feel better than the previous thought, you gain control. And now you can tell which direction you're going. And different areas may bring forth different levels for you. If we think about where you are in terms of your financial situation, your relationships, your career. They can all be at different levels. You could be somewhere else on the scale for each one of those things. But the sum total, the averaging out of the thoughts that you're thinking during the day, that is your point of attraction. That is where your thoughts precede the reality you experience. And the key here is choosing the thoughts and weeding out what everyone else thinks about it. If you were in a place of despair and chose the thoughts that brought you up to anger, that was your power and your choosing. If you hear someone around you talking about how bad anger is for you, and Kim alluded to this before, that we can't deny that it can be harmful. But for our purposes right now, anger feels better than despair, doesn't it? 
So as we're working on improving thoughts, it's a matter of keeping in mind that if anger is an improved thought, then you are choosing those thoughts specifically to continue movement upward. And when people tell you that anger is bad for you, when you're moving up from that place of despair, if you listen to them, then you can get pulled right back down into despair again, right? Oh, I shouldn't be feeling anger. That's not good. And you go from anger to despair, from anger to despair, anger to despair. You go back and forth. And jumping to even contentment from that point, it's just too much of a jump. It's too big of a gap. It is a matter of taking it step by step. And that anger, despair, anger, despair, anger, despair, it keeps you looping. But it's only if you are listening. You have to know what's going on with you. And you know the improvement. If you're deliberately choosing those thoughts to bring back some power, then you know the difference. And yes, talking about anger being a good place sounds odd, but it only depends where you are on the scale. If you moved up the scale to frustration, it's not a matter of finding angry thoughts again. That would be moving down the scale. But if you're in depression, then anger is moving in the right direction, according to this scale of emotions. There are feelings of relief in every emotion. So I would encourage you to stop beating yourself up about where you are in your feelings and about however you've been feeling. You can make a decision to factor out anything that is outside of you because no one else knows what you're feeling. Your emotions are giving you the indication of where you are right now. Emotions are thoughts moving through your body. Emotions serve to communicate a thought and then leave. Observe the thoughts, observe the feelings moving through your body. Sometimes it's easier to notice than when the emotion, emotions message is repeatedly coming out of your eyeballs. That happens to me sometimes. That's an easy read. It's when you can notice the thoughts, observe the thoughts, and then choose the next incrementally better thought that you can begin to gain control, to feel relief, and begin to get your power back. Think about how sadness feels, or grief, or despair. No control, right? What about anger? That's someone getting some power back. That's the person claiming their space and defending their worthiness, like Kim was talking about. Having control of yourself is really at the pinnacle, right? You're the only one that you have control over. We keep talking about that. We talk about that all the time. You can't control anyone else. And we're our own greatest resource. So we want to be in control of ourselves and feel that we have the power over ourselves. At the bottom of the scale, those feelings are disempowerment, right? Fear, despair, grief. And when you say, I'm afraid of something, isn't it that feeling of being out of control of something that you don't want to happen? This is about incrementally moving up that scale consistently by consciously choosing thoughts. It's a practice, but it is a quantifiable destination as well. So the truth is our natural state is to be happy and in a space of alignment. So really, instead of you doing something to feel better, it's more like you're undoing stuff that keeps you from naturally feeling better. And relief is the operative word here. When you find relief, you're releasing resistance. Look for the relief. That's the first step. It is harder to feel bad than it is to feel good. It requires way more effort and energy on our part. If you're at the lower levels, I encourage you to seek outside help in the form of counseling, 
possibly along with complementary therapies like EMDR, hypnotherapy, EFT, energy medicine. If you need more information, check out one of my former uh, podcasts on complementary therapies. In closing, the contrast is necessary for the focus, but the beating yourself up for the contrast is not necessary. I would like to thank my sponsor, Full Recovery Wellness Center. I'd like to thank Kim for calling in, and I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week live on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on 107.9 or 95.1 FM with the recorded shows playing at 9 a.m. Saturday on 97.5 WRSK. Listen next week. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. There's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey. The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive badge of honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. The views and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.